Good morning, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important global business trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan LaPique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. And I'm pleased to have with us here today Mr. Eugene Kublanoff and Mr. Kendall Dean. Eugene and Kendall are both members of the U.S. firm. They're part of the shared services and outsourcing advisory practice area. And their speciality is looking at services governance, under management offices, and other techniques that organizations are utilizing to manage their portfolio of service delivery capabilities and service delivery providers. So Eugene and Kendall, thank you very much for joining us here today on this edition of Advice Worth Keeping. What we wanted to talk about today is some of the changes in the market relative to governance best practices and vendor management offices and how organizations need to evolve these capabilities in light of what's going on in the market today. And there's a lot of things going on in the market today, whether it's digital labor, changing dynamics of the use of shared services and outsourcing, the growth of the focus on global business services or the integration of shared services and outsourcing, or just accounting for the changing landscape relative to globalization or the declining globalization. So there's a lot going on in the world today relative to the use of services, whether they're internally delivered or externally. So maybe to start out with, Eugene, just want to give us the lay of the land of what you're seeing in your travels as what's new and different today, and what does that mean for organizations relative to their governance and their management efforts? So it's interesting, Stan. We are definitely seeing a different flavor for the vendor management function in the market. If we look at sort of why that's the case, a lot of it can be brought back to the many industry disruptions that are occurring today. And I would probably categorize industry disruptions in two buckets. The first is truly what's happening to industry, whether it's financial services or retail or technology or media, the events and consumer habits and changing regulations and generally how companies generate revenue and how they manage costs is definitely significantly changing by vertical industry. But also Across industries, there are also many, many different disruptions occurring that are forcing the vendor management office to really rethink how they operate. Just maybe a few examples. Some of the cross-industry disruptions that we see would be things like cloud provision. Maybe three or four years ago, IT was the main provider of technology to the business. Over the last three years, we see that has fundamentally changed, where the business is more directly engaging with cloud providers and leveraging solutions, in some cases, bypassing the IT organization. Just taking that example of vendor management office and their charge has really shifted and changed over the years, where three years ago, they primarily had outsourcing relationships that they needed to manage and some software providers. Today, they really need to make sure they've got a very big lasso to have a good handle on all the cloud providers that the business is using and make sure that not only are typical performance and value aspects of the relationship maintained, but 
given the new and emerging model, risk has become a very significant matter for many companies and leveraging cloud providers in a certain way in accordance with companies' security and privacy policies has become a huge mandate for vendor management organizations, much different than, let's say, three years ago when risk was mainly operational. Now, vendor management organizations really are at the forefront of managing privacy and data and cybersecurity risk. I think one of the things that I think about when I think about the changing dynamics and complexities in the marketplace today has to do with the complexity that we're starting to see now in vendor relationships overall. It used to be that, and this is really across all industries, a lot of suppliers used to be single-threaded or single-focused. You might have a supplier that will just focus on provisioning services of a certain type. But what we're seeing now, I think, more and more is that supplier pool is becoming multidimensional. You have a supplier that not only delivers services, but now they're delivering hardware, they're delivering software, and they're delivering other services that they may not have traditionally delivered. For a VMO, these relationships now take on a different level of complexity. How do you manage these types of relationships? It's one of the things that I'm seeing that's causing a lot of change in the way VMOs need to operate. That's a great point. I would say a few of the other ones that you and I are seeing in the marketplace as well, one is probably related to digital labor. As digital labor and robotic process automation and cognitive automation becomes more of a tool that organizations leverage to become more efficient, more accurate, uh, more auditable, a whole range of benefits that clients are seeing from the digital labor move, the vendor management organization is actually now being challenged to behave and act and be different in helping to manage various types of commercial models that come with digital labor, whether it's turnkey solutions through their service provider, where not only do you have to manage the service component, but you also now have a good handle on bot and digital labor performance, tracking it, measuring it, understanding how it fits into the overall solution and how that solution ultimately creates a value for the enterprise. A lot of that is being now put to the VMO to figure out how is digital labor going to be tracked and managed, engaged in the whole portfolio of things. Some commercial models are more focused on just leveraging technology providers and then the client doing much of the actual coding and development and maintenance. Again, the vendor management office should be looking at who are those technology providers. Many of them are small effective due diligence needs to be taken before you engage with them. The technologies are changing quickly over time. So what will be the vendor management's role in keeping track of how these technologies emerge and change? And how do those technologies ultimately roll up to, again, the broader portfolio that's generating value for the enterprise? Digital labor is absolutely an element of disruption we see that forcing change in the vendor management organization. Well, I think you two have done a great job of articulating why the bar of what constitutes best practice and governance is continually being raised. And we've seen over the years that organizations recognize they're good but not good enough at governance. And it's not that they're not making progress, but I think you both articulated that there's just so much more involved with governance today, whether it's in terms of the delivery model such as digital labor or whether it's in terms of addressing things more holistically such as risk. So the challenges continue to grow. Therefore, the capabilities need to continue need to grow. Kendall, you've talked about the need for organizations to manage 
manage suppliers as part of this governance equation more intelligently. And I don't think that necessarily implies that in the past they were managed less intelligently, but that more so today than ever, there needs to be more intelligence put towards management of the various suppliers in the portfolio. What does that mean and how do organizations go about doing this? It's a great question. Stan, one of the things that we see is that because many of these disruptors are out there and causing uh, the VMO to rethink the way they manage suppliers. They have to think about how do they manage these relationships differently. One of the things that we're seeing, for example, in the IT space is that there's a lot of different classes of providers. In a typical IT organization, you're going to have suppliers that deliver a service. You're going to have suppliers that deliver hardware. You're going to have suppliers that deliver software. And you're going to have a bunch of contingent labor contractor types. One of the things that VMOs need to take into account as they look at this supplier landscape is how do they develop their service delivery models so that they map to these different kinds of suppliers and so that they have the right kinds of management focuses on these different segments. This is something that's unique for each of these segments. You're going to manage a managed service provider very differently than you would a major hardware supplier. There's different types of analytics, metrics that you're going to want to look at. You're going to have different processes that you're going to need to have in place, types of organizational focuses that you're going to want. They're going to be very different. This is something that we think that VMOs need to become much more adept, especially at consulting with their internal stakeholders. And I think that's another big change that we're seeing with VMOs is that they're not just being asked to run processes and crank out reports, to become almost consultants to the enterprise and help them think through some of these decisions. Those are some of the things I think that need to be done in order to be more effective in managing supplier relationships. I would actually add to that as well. I think in addition to being great consultants, I think VMOs also need to be great examiners of the external context. I think that with the disruptors that we just kind of talked about, it's not like the disruptions happen and it's now stable. The disruption is actually dynamic in, in nature. While some things have become clear, like cloud provision, maybe to some extent digital labor, there are still some elements of disruption that are unclear but will inevitably have an impact on the enterprise and how the enterprise leverages third parties. Some of the examples might be Internet of Things and blockchain. A lot of organizations are looking at how to leverage IoT in their business model. Inevitably, that draws the question of, well, that's unlikely going to be something delivered entirely internally. So what role do third parties play in something like that? What type of data gets generated out of a solution like Internet of Things, and how could that data be ingested into the enterprise and analyzed to create interesting insights and outputs? Same with blockchain, although primarily that's been a solution that's been talked about more in the financial services arena. More so, we're definitely seeing applications of blockchain in supply chain. As that solution and that tool becomes more widely used, third-party provision of those types of services will need to be managed and treated very carefully because it does now touch the core business. So I think the point is that VMOs will also need to make sure that they are very much out front on tracking some of these disruptive technologies and solutions so that once they do occur, VMOs are prepared in how they need to react and respond. So maybe to take a step back, you both have articulated 
some of the current capabilities that DMOs need to have, as well as some of the ones they need to embrace going forward. Within the client organizations you're dealing with, is this a given the importance of the VMO organization and the collective governance capabilities, or as these organizations are required to ban their capabilities, which I would assume requires an investment, is there's cost-benefit analysis that needs to be done? What are some of the challenges organizations might have in terms of upgrading their VMO capabilities, or is this given and the organizations are behind it and they just need to execute, or do they need to sell the need to be able to do these additional capabilities that you both have been describing? I think one of the challenges that VMOs face is that depending on how they're defined within an organization, they may not always have the proper enterprise level support across all the stakeholders that they need to serve. I think one of the challenges that they face is that getting buy-in, frankly. They can do a lot of things, but if they don't have the buy-in across the enterprise, then they tend to focus just on certain limited functional areas. As these VMOs mature and as they develop, I think that's a very key point that they've got to have the right level of sponsorship, and that depends on where they're positioned in the organization. The other thing a lot of VMOs are starting to think about this is how do they better integrate with their customers? Who are their stakeholders? There are different strategies that we're seeing VMOs start to deploy and invest in, which are kind of along the lines of the ITIL service delivery model, ITSM service management. And we're starting to see VMOs consider deploying those types of capabilities so that they can have tighter linkages with their customer, actually receive requests, interact with their customers so that they understand what their needs are and then they can better support those needs. Just like we've seen in the IT industry where you've got a service management concept and you've got services that are being requested and then provisioned back from an IT perspective, we're starting to see this thinking permeate the VMO environment where you've got different types of stakeholders. I might have finance may have a certain set of suppliers, HR may have a certain set of suppliers, IT, et cetera. And how does the VMO at an enterprise level cut across those different functional areas and service them effectively? I think that's a big investment area, and it's one that we're starting to see gain a lot of interest in different companies today. Most definitely. And I still think it's still very much a tale of two VMOs. I think too often we go into clients, we still hear VMO organizations refer to themselves as cost center of a cost center. Probably still too many of those. We do, however, see examples of VMOs that are on the leading edge thinking about how they provide value to the enterprise. In fact, one of our clients is actually leveraging design thinking as a tool to help them think through how their vendor management organization and their partner model will work, leveraging some of the latest tools, capabilities that are client and user-centric to execute on vendor management model. But I would say those are probably in the minority, Bill. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Kendall. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think the other thing, too, that I would say is that as companies start to build these VMOs out, involving the right stakeholders early on in the process, to me, is the most critical thing they need to do because there's so many different stakeholder groups that come into play. You've got all the various functional areas. You have to really have a good stakeholder relationship model when you start thinking about putting in place a VMO. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of companies don't think about well. It's like, well, we're just going to stand this thing up and we're going to start cranking out reports and do some quarterly business reviews, and that's where their heads are at. If you want to extend yourself beyond that, 
and start to become a, an advisor for the business, then you've got to really think about how you manage those stakeholder relationships. In terms of the different capabilities you both have been describing, whether current or future, and some of the challenges, so for example, Kendall, to your point of getting an executive buy-in, are these typically universal goals that should exist for VMO organizations and universal challenges, or are you seeing that there are different needs for VMO organization depending on functions they're supporting or depending on the sector we're in. I do think that for the notion of call center of a call center to dissipate from the function, vendor management offices need to have an enterprise-specific and industry-specific lean. Maybe the 80-20 rule applies where they're still going to have 80% of core functionality that's associated with contract management and performance management, financial management, and so on. But that's not enough, in my view, to make sure that these organizations are viewed as value-adding to the enterprise. So I might use the example of the media industry today. The rapid pace of change in the media industry and the way that consumers consume media, the way that films and television programs are created and then distributed, that's fundamentally creating a need from media companies to leverage niche providers, whether it be for advertising platforms or media storage, whatever it might be. So what we're seeing in the media space is there's all of a sudden a need for niche providers of all sorts. And frankly, the VMOs in the media space that are able to keep pace with the business's need for these niche providers, those VMOs are actually seen as value-adding to the enterprise because when the enterprise turns to the VMO and says, hey, who do we have in the digital advertising space that we can engage with for project A, B, and C? If that VMO is able to respond and say, well, we've got three vetted providers, we've got master services agreements in place, and they're ready to go, that all of a sudden puts the VMO in a position of, hey, here's a business partner that's helping us execute at the speed that we need to and that the market is driving us at. Inversely, the VMOs that don't have a response for the business or haven't thought through what type of third parties need to be in a well-structured portfolio, those VMOs are simply seen as, as order takers. And that's where the cost center of a cost center moniker, I think, often resides. Just to follow up on what Eugene said, I think that some of the functions that we've been talking about, some of these things are basic and universal across industries. But where VMOs need to start to play and act differently, it's how good are they at really consulting with the business and adding value. And so that's where they need to become much more specific around what the businesses need and understanding what they need. Let me give an example. We're doing some work recently with a client, and the client had very key questions around, who are the other suppliers that I should be working with, or do I have the right ones? And am I getting the right value for my dollar spent to deliver the service that I'm receiving. And oh, by the way, I also want to understand, do these vendors have a good digital labor strategy and should I be engaging with them more in that regard? So these are the kinds of questions the businesses are asking. If the VMO doesn't have the specialized expertise to be able to consult with the business and say, the vendors that you're working with, there's probably two or three others that might be more effective. If you're talking about a digital labor strategy, you ought to be looking at these. If they can't start to portray that to their clients, then they're viewed as a cost center of a cost center. But when you can start to differentiate by adding value and helping consult with the business, I think that's where the VMOs need to start to adapt because the change and the disruption is causing businesses to question a lot of their service delivery model right now. 
Maybe to wrap up, any final thoughts, particularly in your travels? Are there some key lessons learned that you've seen with your clients that our listeners should take to heart as they push forward with improving their governance and BMO capabilities? I would say, in addition to the table stakes, which we've discussed in terms of core capabilities, my sense is that vendor management organizations really need to be much more client-centric and really think about what is it that my external customer values from me? How do I adapt my delivery model to be more value-adding? So really take the time to go through that analysis. And then secondly, I would say make sure that you've got an external market intelligence capability so that you're not just responding, but you're anticipating as to what's coming next. And that'll help you be a much more value-adding component to the enterprise. I would just say in summary that there's a lot of change, a lot of complexity that's happening right now with supplier relationships. I think if I'm a VMO today, in addition to what Eugene was saying, I would take stock of who my current suppliers are and start to think through with the business, is this how we want to be structured? Is this how we want to go to market? Because suppliers now, as we know, and we typically focus on the back office, but there's also a critical component when you get into other areas like supply chain, logistics, where suppliers are also supporting time-to-market issues. It's thinking through, do we have the right supplier pool? Are we doing the right things? And I think VMOs can be more consultative than they are today. I really think that's where the opportunity lies for them to become more value to the business. Think through the disruptors, think through the things that you need to do differently as a VMO, and then start to put action plans in place to get there. Well, great summary, Kendall. So Eugene and Kendall, thank you very much. This has been great. We'll have to get you back again. In particular, I'd like to dig a bit more into what does it mean for governance and VMO organizations as we get deeper into digital labor. I know we touched on that a little bit, but I think that's going to be a big opportunity and challenge going forward. But obviously, there's a lot of other pieces. So I think we've had a great start here, but we'll have to get you both back again. But thank you very much for your time today. Great. Thanks, And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation.